When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Eye on Foxborough, the premier podcast for all things New England Patriots. Brought to you by Mass Live. Welcome back to the Ion Fox Bro podcast. I'm Chris Mason here with Mark Daniels. We uh, had to sneak into a suite because the room that we usually use is closed. So, I mean, pretty nice setup here. But the Patriots just lost to the Washington Commanders at home 2017. Mark, is this rock bottom for the two and seven Patriots? Yeah, Chris, they stink. Uh, so, the Washington Commanders, everybody, they're tanking. They traded their two best players, the NFL trade deadline, Montez Sweat and Chase Young. They gained two day two draft picks to essentially be worse, to have a worse defense, to have a worse team with the hopes that it would lead to a better draft pick. Well, unfortunately for them, they had the Patriots on the schedule because the Patriots showed they didn't need to trade away any veteran player to tank. They just had to show up because on all three phases, Chris, offense, defense, special teams, the Patriots were horrific. This is rock bottom. It's embarrassing. And quite frankly, I do not see how Bill Belichick gets out of this one in the end. Yeah, they really did get skunk in every phase where the defense couldn't get off the field on third downs. Offense only scored 17 points. One of the touchdowns was on a short field. They only had three drives of more than five plays. And special teams was terrible between penalties, poor kickoff coverage, Pop Douglas running backwards on a punt return. There's really not a lot positive that you can take out of this game at all. No, I I don't really have any positive i mean at the end of the day the patriots they looked inept in all three phases and for me it, it comes down to coaching it it feels like bill belichick has lost this team and i think when you look at sort of the downfall of the 2023 patriots you can make some excuses right you can say injuries fine they'd be better with matthew judon and christian gonzalez and, and kendrick Bourne for sure but at the end of the day chris this roster isn't good enough it wasn't good enough to start the season even when you were healthy like you could sort of play close like they were close in those week ones two losses to philly and miami but like there's not enough star star power here you don't have the quarterback and i'll go back to this i I don't think you have the head coach yeah and i think some of that accountability is starting to bleed into the locker room too where it was a bizarre day for jack jones and jc jackson jc wasn't out there for warm-ups and then sat the first two series before he finally played. Jack sat the first three series. He was out the entire first quarter, and his body language on the bench was terrible. Brutal. Towel over his head, not paying attention, not up on the sideline when they were on defense. It was not good. Then after the game, Bill says neither of them. He he says they weren't benched. It's like, okay, whatever. 
JC says he's not talking. Jack isn't available. And now suddenly you have guys like Jabril Peppers taking questions on why his teammates weren't playing. And do you think that's a position that a player wants to be in because nobody's taking ownership of it? No. And and with rock bottom, what happens is players start to act out in different ways. For example, Jack Jones, after this game, Chris liked to tweet that essentially said he should have pled guilty and done jail time, alluding to the fact that it would have been better than playing for the Patriots, which no, I, that's not better. Let's let's be honest here. But and then and also he he did an Instagram video um, like singing to some song in his car for like 15 seconds after the game as well, which was bizarre. But really, you know, you look at their cornerbacks, J.C. Jackson and Jack Jones have both had off the field troubles. And I mean, I guess at the end of the day, it's not a surprise that they're unhappy with their playing time when the team is playing poorly. But neither are playing very good football. It just it's just another layer of the disaster of this season. And at two and seven, the Patriots are honestly in a position, Chris, where they might end up with one of the top draft picks, a top five pick. I believe right now Tankathon has them at number four in the league. If if it was to end today and four is an interesting spot to me, because if one of those teams say like, you know, the bears gets one of the top two spots, they're probably looking to trade one of those picks, maybe two, if they don't, they want to stick with Justin Fields, but it puts Patriots in position to acquire a top quarterback or, you know, maybe, you know, a top receiver such as Marvin Harrison. But I want to ask you about something, Chris. I think the Patriots receiver depth chart is just horrible right now. And I understand they didn't play with Kendrick and Demario Douglas has been, you know, shining star. But you look at some of the missed opportunities. Let's let's start with Juju Smith-Schuster. Mac Jones hits Juju in the hands. Really final play of the game for the Patriots. 38 seconds left. If Juju catches this ball, people, they're probably in field goal range down by three. Instead, it goes through Juju's hands and it gets intercepted. And for me, Chris, that right there is an example of Bill Belichick's failure to adequately build this receiver depth chart. What's what are your thoughts? Well, and it's crazy the way that happened too, where it was like he finally came through and made a play when he converted the fourth down on that drive. He made two big plays on that drive. Two snaps later, it's just off the hands, game over. He was accountable after the game. You know, he he said, it's on me. It's my fault and took the blame, which I'm sure his teammates will appreciate. But yeah, the wide receiver depth chart is brutal. Like stink, stank, stunk was spot on. Shout out Mike Giardi. And yeah. it's all, it just hasn't been built the right way. You know, like you had Jacoby Myers, who was so productive and you just opted to give Juju Smith-Schuster, honestly, a better deal. We covered this in the Raiders week, but like, it's aging worse and worse and worse. And there's weird stuff going on across the league now where I'm pretty sure Jonu Smith would be New England's leading receiver this year. I mean, obviously a tight end, but in terms of receiving yards, I think he has more than anyone on the Patriots roster right now. So I thought this was fitting and sort of cruel. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster after the game was was getting dressed, moving very slow. And while he was getting dressed, set to answer questions about his costly drop turn interception at the same time Jacoby Myers scored a touchdown like five minutes into the game for the Raiders at the very same time and I I thought that was fitting but this is actually Chris this is this is the theme for the Patriots let's let's roll back to week one the Patriots were down by five they had two offensive drives to make a fourth quarter comeback one of them ended because Kendrick Bourne dropped what was a good pass on third and 13 I believe after the game he even said quote it was a drop and then as some of you remember fourth down fourth and four Mac Jones throws a perfect ball to Kayshawn Booty at the eight-yard line. It was perfectly placed where Kayshawn could have caught it and got both feet in bounds, but as we know, he didn't. Eh, I'm pushing back. I'm not, I'm not giving him a perfect placement on that one. Like the, the throw is bringing Booty out of bounds, and an NFL receiver 
like should make that catch, but it was not a perfect pass. Uh, agree to disagree. Um, a couple weeks later, that that was those were those are one two. I almost lost train of thought here. Devonte Parker in in what was it? Las Vegas. There's a couple minutes left on the clock. Mac Jones hits him, or Mac Jones almost hits him for what should have been a 45 yard pass play. If Devonte Parker hauls that in, you're probably closing in on field goal range when you were down by two. Fingertips, and, man. And except it hit Devonte Parker as he said on the fingertips. Let's be honest. It hit him on the hands, and he dropped the ball. And next play, Mac Jones was sacked. And then today, we actually had two of them, guys. Jalen Rager, 30 something seconds left in the third quarter. Mac Jones uncorked what I would say close to a perfectly placed deep ball. If Jalen Rigger catches it, it puts him on the 10-yard line down by three. Instead, it goes through his hands. Now, credit to Jalen Rigger after the game said it was on me. I should have caught that. And then after that, we got Juju. So that's five examples, guys. Five examples, Chris, of balls Mac Jones threw that I would argue should have been caught that would have given the Patriots a chance to win. I don't put this all on the receivers. I don't even put it all on Mac Jones. I put it all on Bill Belichick. He's the guy who built this. DeAndre Hopkins, guys, was in the building in August. You know, he's he's the one who extended Parker, the one who drafted Tyquan Thornton, who, by the way, was benched today. Like, your- I was about to say, we haven't even gotten to Tyquan yet, which is insane that after, what, three series he's done for the day. Like that, When you're only yes. dressing four wide receivers to begin with because Kayshawn Booty can't get on the field for whatever reason. It was – can we dive into that for a second? Let's, let's, let's do it. Yeah. It's so weird that Bill volunteered on Friday that this was his best week of practice and then scratched him again. Like, uh, what, what is that? I, I mean, cruel. I mean, Keisha and Booty talked to us this week in the locker room and essentially said, you know, it's, you know, I haven't played for seven weeks. It's my time to step up. You know, my time is now. He made it very much seem like he was playing. And Bill Belichick played into it. And on Friday told us it was his, it was Keishon's best week of practice, said he was more consistent. You know, he was making better decisions, blah, blah, blah. It was all for nothing because at the end of the day, Keishon Booty was a healthy scratch, which was shocking, Chris, because in week one, he played a lot over yeah. Dev- because Devontae Parker, the ex- team's ex-receiver, was injured. Bill's uh, explanation for this was bad, too, where he's like, well, Mike Mike is like a fifth wide receiver. And it's like, OK, then you've been dressing six wide receivers every week if you want to play that game. Like you are dressing one less than usual. And it's a spot that Keishon should right. be in right now. So what the Patriots did today um, they essentially had Jalen Rhaegar be the Patriots' number two receiver behind Mario Douglas. Number three receiver for the first, whatever, first half was honestly Tyquan Thornton. Mac Jones went one of four to him, Chris. Only only reception was a seven-yard catch. His three incomplete passes, there was a third down, a fourth down, which was a turnover and downs, and the third down. Now, the fourth down incomplete was not on Tyquan. Mac Jones said after the game, that was on me. I missed him. I sailed it. However, the third down incomplete, I believe it was like third and six, somewhere in the um, first quarter, he ran a horrible route. The route was so bad. Mac Jones was screaming profanities as he walked off the field. It was so bad, he got benched after that. He took like six steps going into a break and never turned around for the ball. It was like, you know, if you listen to this podcast, you know, we're not huge like footwork X's and O's like over the top of that stuff. But this was so obviously a horrible route that was like, yeah, he ended up on the bench. So then the rest of the game, you're just rolling with three wide receivers. Like, what are you doing? So part of this receiver conundrum, you might want to call it, it is we're seeing the Patriots highest paid receiver, Juju Smith-Schuster, playing behind Jalen Rhaegar, Demario Douglas, and Tyquan Thornton. And then we're seeing Tyquan Thornton, their second round pick, who they drafted over George Pickens and Alex Pierce, get benched. It is a disaster in Foxborough. And now, and I'll com- compare and contrast that 
Chris, to the Washington Commanders. You have Terry McLaurin, who, by the way, the Patriots could have drafted, but they didn't because they selected Nikhil Harry in the first round. You have him torching the Patriots secondary. And on top of that, you have Sam Howell throwing to Johan Dotson, another first round receiver. We're looking I'm looking at the commanders and I'm saying they have better weapons than the Patriots. Even if everyone was healthy on offense, the commanders top two receivers are better than anyone the Patriots have this year. Yeah, and Sam Howell threw for 325 in this game, too. I look, I looked it up. This is the first time since 2018 they've allowed 300-yard passers in back-to-back games. You know, you, you say that, and I think what we're really seeing is we're we're seeing the the impact of, you know, Christian Gonzalez, Christian Gonzalez's injury. And on top of that, I it feels to me like Jonathan Jones is either not healthy or he's lost a step. And I think, unfortunately, for a lot of us, I thought when the Patriots brought back J.C. Jackson, you know, he would sort of be back. And for a game or two, it looked like it. And I thought when Jack Jones came off the IR, he, you know, provide a boost. I mean, on paper, John Jones, J.C. Jackson, Jack Jones, that's not a terrible three or cornerbacks. But unfortunately, right now, I mean, the Patriots can't stop Sam Howell, who's who's a fifth round pick and i'll say this about sam how he, he makes some awful decisions but he has a he has a good arm and he's athletic and and sometimes against a really bad secondary that's all you need and one thing that's flown under the radar a little too is i think they miss having a true free safety where there's no eraser to really fix mistakes back there like deb mccordy was for such a long time they just don't really have that guy they have a roster with a bunch of strong safeties and like good strong safeties but Essentially, whoever's in that free safety spot is kind of out of position. Absolutely. And we actually saw that on a 33-yard touchdown to Johan Dotson. Miles Bryant was matched up on Dotson one-on-one, and it didn't look like he had any safety help, which I, I felt very strange. I'd love to see the, you know, the quote-unquote all 22 of the play. I just, I, I think some of the breakdowns we're seeing, as, as Chris said, was, you know, the Patriots' failure to replace Devin McCourty. Like Jabril Peppers, Adrian Phillips, Kyle Duggar, even Marte Mapu, who they drafted those guys are strong safeties they're hybrid linebackers slash safeties and it's just in the nfl you need that deep guy who's athletic can read the field and can provide deep safety coverage and i, I think it's it's going to be a major need for the patriots next off season which is a shame because they have a lot of them yeah and so in 2018 the last time they had the back-to-back 300 yard passers that was patrick mahomes and andrew luck who was actually still in the league in 2018 there right. you go now it's sam howell and it was Tua last week who like They've been torching everyone, but like when Sam Howell is lighting you up for 325 yards, okay, there's there's something that needs to uh, needs to change. So the Patriots are getting lit up defensively by Sam Howell. Their special teams had a laundry list of penalties on pun returns, which really is, was a big part of the game because all these Patriots, quote-unquote, potential game-winning drives, they were starting around like the nine-yard line. It was horrible. It was a face mask penalty on Brendan Schooler, then a holding penalty on Schooler, and then another one you had Pop Douglas basically run backwards and lose two yards. He went from the seven to the five-yard line, and all those drives were disastrous for the offense. But what I'm seeing here is just it's – to me it comes down to coaching so chris yeah they don't they don't do the little things to win games they used to always be so good at like the mac wilson offsides on a punt to keep oh, a drive i, I even forgot that one yes. right that was like that's the thing that stupid teams would do in foxborough all the time when they would melt down now the patriots are the team that's doing that patriots are the stupid team so i'm going to pose a serious question to you chris for a while this wouldn't have seemed like a serious question but if the patriots go to frankfurt next weekend they go to germany and they lose to gardner Minshew and the colts and they fall to whatever it is, does Robert Kraft make the decision to fire Bill Belichick midseason and promote Gerard Mayo to interim head coach? I don't think he'll do it. I, I just really don't think that he'll fire him midseason. I have doubts about whether he'll fire him at all. Um, 
But I, I don't think it'll happen midseason. I think Bill has built up too much goodwill here over the years with, I mean, we're looking out at this field. There's six Super Bowl banners right there. And obviously this season has been atrocious, but I think Bill has earned himself or has enough goodwill with the crafts that I don't think they would fire him midseason. What do you think? I have a uh, I have a hot take here, and I think if the Patriots drop to two and eight in Germany and lose to the Colts, they should. I think Bill Belichick should rip the Band-Aid off, and you know it's like the Follow Boy song. It's like thanks for the memories, something <laughs> about you know you guys know what I'm getting at for all Sing my it. yeah all my early two thousands emo lovers out there. Um, thanks for the memories, Bill. Bill, you know great head coach. Honestly, probably are you can I could argue one of the best head coaches of all time, maybe the best head coach of all time. I'm currently staring at six Super Bowl banners hanging up. Um. And Gillette Stadium and the memories are great, but right now it's so bad. The only solution for the Patriots is to tear this down and rebuild. They need a new head coach. They need a new quarterback. I think with every week it becomes obvious that Bill has lost his locker room. I think the roster deficiency is also obvious. And guess what? He's the GM. I mean, he shouldn't get out of this. If Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler are getting fired after a year and a half, I, I honestly think a loss to the Colts. I would argue that Bill Belichick should be fired. Yeah. And I mean, I think the best argument that you can really make there is then you get an extended look at Mayo, you know, and see how he's running the ship for the rest of the year, as opposed to like, you know, I think there's value in the interim thing as opposed to just throwing out five, six year contracts for a guy who's never been a head coach before. But I, I just don't think they'll do it. Like with Robert Kraft at this point, it's seeing is believing for me because he's done the, you know, oh, we haven't won a playoff game. We haven't, he, he talks tough all the time at the owners meetings. Then he'll like walk it back. And so I, I'm just, I'm not going to believe it until I see it. I, I just am not. Oh, I, I, I agree hundred percent. I think the h- hardest decision Robert Kraft has is, is coming up. It's whether or not to let go of, you know, the greatest head coach of all time. I mean, 20 year dynasty was unbelievable. You know, Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, there, there were so many great moments here in, in Gillette stadium. And honestly, when it's all said and done, there should be a statue of Bill Belichick somewhere in Patriot place. There should be one of Tom Brady as well. You know, he'll, he'll forever be remembered, but you know, let's let's be honest at what two and seven. This has just been such a colossal disaster. It'll be interesting to me to see if Bill Belichick can dig himself out of this hole. I, I just I don't see an easy way out. And the problem was, as we've spoke a lot about this game, honestly, was winnable. Like the Patriots yep. schedule isn't hard anymore. They're hard. The hard part is over. They got through the first four weeks and no one was surprised they were one in three. I am surprised, however, that they got blown up by the Saints that, you know, they've lost to the commanders. It's just it's just really one thing after another. I keep saying, man, if you can't beat a commander's team, that's clearly tanking. Who, they just who are, traded two of their best players. But like, like, but like, who are you going to beat? I just I, I really have a hard time seeing this through for for Bill. Maybe maybe Gardner Minshew in Germany. I don't know. <laughs> so Chris, can can we can we even give out gold stars? Like every game, guys, we usually give out gold trophies and and gold stars. It's 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 becoming difficult. I I, I don't do. Do you have anyone? I can. I I'm, do. I do have nice. one. But there's gonna be a negative caveat to it, just because that's kind of how this pod is going, deservedly. But mine is Ramondre Stevenson. You know, he ripped off the most explosive play of the season for the offense. Um. But he only got nine carries. Like, what? why is your number one running back only getting nine carries? He hasn't had more than 10 carries since the Dallas game over a month ago. It doesn't make any sense where it's like, he's probably still your best player on offense. Give him the ball. 
that's that's a really great point. Ramon, you sh- you should be running through Ramondre right now and not, you know, I mean, he's, I don't, it feels to me like the Patriots are so concerned with keeping him fresh that they're splitting time with him with Zeke Elliott, who Zeke Elliott's been fine for a backup, but he's, I don't think he should be eating that much into Ramondre Stevenson's, you know, snaps. For me, I, you know what? I'm actually going to go on the defensive side of the ball, even though I thought they stunk. Um, Juwan Bentley finishes with 13 tackles, which is whatever, but he also had two sacks. And I'll say this about Juwan Bentley. He's injured. I mean, yeah, he, he's he definitely not 100% he, right now. He left last week's game in Miami with a hamstring injury. He was limited all week. He comes out here injured. He makes two sacks. Jawan Bentley has been, you know, a, a bright spot for the Patriots defense. He's been a captain, you know, a, a guy who's a fifth round pick. And he's a great example of Bill Belichick having no problem developing linebackers. I mean, J- Jelani Tavai is another one who's having a good season. Bill Belichick can develop, you know, a lot of defensive players, defensive linemen, I mean, I'd argue cornerbacks and certainly linebackers. On the offensive side, though, they're not. So my gold star goes to Juwan Bentley. Um, but it's going to get rough out here, for guys. But, hey, you know what? You know what's coming up, though, for, for us? It's Germany. Germany. So, hey. Guten Tag. That's, that's fun. <laughs> All right. So we'll catch you guys further on down the trail. Thanks for listening. This has been Ion Foxborough, brought to you by Mass Live.